Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. Hey, and this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey. That's so exciting. Listen, (laughs) she just says, hey, girl, hey, with so much enthusiasm. Just, I mean, we've been on the phone like 30 minutes, but she's still just so enthusiastic. I love that about her. I'm well, excited listen, though. I know. You always okay, yeah, you should be excited because this time we went full Ramel's alley. Like yes. we are just the whole episode. Our guest is you know, our guest is a fam you and and then and we're talking about her favorite. <laughs> I know, you should see them doing like rattler. I wish you could we're gonna have to really put these on YouTube one day so y'all can see what yes. we're doing. He's uh Fam Ewan, and he loves the show Lovecraft Country, which is like what Ramel has lived for. I swear she's watched it from the beginning to end a million times. So anyway, we're going to have a fascinating show pulling in Lovecraft Country and its historical, as as black historical references. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. so excited to bring Jesse McCoy back with us. Now, you may remember him from uh, a previous episode, but he is a law school professor. He's a writer. Y'all, he has a brand new book out called The Iliomatic, and I can't wait to read that. He's a podcaster, a husband, a father, Pan-Africanist, and of course, a proud FAMU Rattler and NCCU Legal Eagle. So, uh, Jesse operates by day as a housing law advocate, so I imagine he is extraordinarily busy right now with all the housing issues going on with the coronavirus. Uh, But he often serves as a panelist at various regional and national conferences. And when he isn't advocating for low-income tenants, he is on a personal quest to expand the genre selections of African-American literature while encouraging even more Black people to write. And he is living what he said he's going to do. So I'm so proud to have Jesse back with us to help shed some light. On... I feel like we should have an audience. Like I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yes. I should hit my button that's, that that makes the, the people clap. I don't know how to do that. Yet, if I did, I would hit that button and people would clap and yeah, cheer I mean, right that's what we, that's what we... I, I really did feel like that. That's what should have come up next. Like, yes. I heard it. it. I heard you heard it? it. I heard it. Yeah. So it's okay. We have imagination. You know, in post-production, I could do that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, I am like, well, Twanda already said it. I'm super excited to have you back here. And when we were laying out the show, we realized, we couldn't do this in one show. <laughs> we need two shows. Now, if you have any thoughts about, oh, I don't love, I don't like Lovecraft Country. Not like me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Twanda. Mm-hmm. So um, don't go anywhere because Lovecraft Country is just the framework. There's going to be a whole lot of history here. And we're doing this for Black history. So if you want to really kind of um, get some more nuggets, get some more knowledge about stuff that we don't necessarily talk about in school. 
this is the place you need to be. Jesse's going to be ringing the school bell for us today. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, no, ring, no. ring. I told you he was a professor. Absolutely. We're going to school, y'all. Yes, we're going to school. So <laughs> at one point, we're going to be breaking it um, up and we'll be coming back um, next week. Okay. So, Jesse, I love this show. And I was so <laughs> excited when I saw that you had started it because- when we talked the first time, I was in the midst of watching it and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, have you watched it? And you were like, no, I haven't watched it yet. And then you did. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then I, I would sit there and write your, uh, listen, write, uh, read your post that you had written about it. And I was like, he's there, he's hooked. He's ready. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> first of all, let me say, it's always a pleasure to be with you all. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I love this show, you know, not just as a, a black historian and, and as a black creative, but you have to understand there are some very revolutionary concepts in this show. I don't even think the people at HBO know what they just did. I don't think they I think TV. they took it at a very high level and they did not understand what they were getting into. Right, right. Yeah. right. They they were looking at this from more of the Harry Potter wizardry perspective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the yeah. sister who wrote this, she did her thing. Like she put Easter eggs all through it. Yeah, so it did. I, I want to start off um, just by kind of talking about this, the big story because we lose that in all of the minor stories that we see as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. The big story is that you have a family in Chicago aptly named Freeman. Freeman. It's a black family <laughs> um, who is trying to create a travel guide for black people. Now, if you're not familiar with black history, you may not know this, but this is a real thing. Um, this travel guide, it used to be called the Negro Motorist Green Book. And it was written by a man by the name of Victor Hugo Green, who surprisingly was also in the army, right? And was a postal worker. So kind of a blending of George Freeman and Atticus. Um, but the concept for this was that he would go through the United States and find accommodations that were willing to accept Black people. And you got to remember, this is from 1936 mm -hmm. to 1966. So every year he would find where the safe places are to stay, where the safe places are to eat. What nobody ever thinks about, though, when we learn about this in history is the degree of, of uh, threat to his life and existence that mm. accompanies trying to go out and see this. And he did this using various networks throughout the South, the North, whatever. But this guy was from Harlem. In our Lovecraft Country series, we're basing it in Chicago, Chicago. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Very similar places. I always say Chicago is a cleaner version of New York, right? <laughs> it's very similar <laughs> places. Um, but at the same time, the concept is someone who is already in a position of safety being willing to risk and jeopardize their safety to do something good for the masses of black people so that's right. at the heart of this all this is what it is now what we do is we get here and we see that along the way in trying to plot these places they fall into an adventure uh some may say a a I don't want to say conspiracy, but they fall into a trap, right? <laughs> fall into a trap. Right. Yeah. right. And this is where you get into the subliminal messaging of the show because the trap is all about 
this group of I call them white supremacists, but this group, the son of the sons of sons, right? Mm-hmm. And the trap is that the sons of sons have been studying uh, all kinds of weird stuff, wizardry, mm-hmm. planetary alignment, history, and they have information about some kind of genetic um, ability mm-hmm. that allows someone to link and become all powerful if they step through a portal, right? The concept is this, they've spent hundreds of years studying this, but because this rare chance, they thought, you know, because their their patriarch was the person who presented this information to them, they thought that they had the, the genetics to do it. But that patriarch was a slave owner who mm-hmm. actually committed sexual assault against a slave. And it turns out that the black relatives were the ones who inherited that gene tree, not the white ones. Mm -hmm. So they have done all this research to find (laughs) the black ones, right? (laughs) To bring them in, make them feel like, oh, you know, we're giving you this exclusive thing, blah, 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 blah. When in actuality, it's a setup so that they can do what white America does, exploit black bodies in order to to profit and reap whatever this reward is supposed to be of, you know, omnipotence. Well, hold mm-hmm. on. Okay. See, I feel like we weren't even watching the same show. Like <laughs> I didn't see the same show because I didn't get even that much. Well, I, I, you are the historian. I, mm-hmm. I get that. So you're going to see some things that I don't see in the beginning. And maybe Ramel could see it because she watched it 50, 11 times all the way through. 50, 11. Mm-hmm. 13 times but anyway um uh so you being able to say you know uh just put that in in the context and and what they needed and you just threw in the the wizardry and other stuff like you know and they put that in and that was fine I just you just like you glossed over that whereas I think I got stuck in it like what is happening this is crazy this is impossible and when you mix that with stuff that's really real, I think maybe that's where it kind of threw me off the rails. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm I'm fascinated. So yes. we're, we're at the part where they need black bodies to to accomplish their mission. Absolutely. So uh, the the reason that I say this is the kind of subliminal messaging of the show, though, is because everything from that point is what I would consider to be allegorical or metaphorical, right? So from that point, you already have this family, the Freeman family, mm-hmm. right? They're going into a situation where they have to explore the enslaved roots of their family uh, and, and some of the detriments that come with that. But they're also going on independent self journeys uh, amongst each character as well. So there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get... Um, you know, Atticus Freeman, who, who is the main character, right? Atticus is a very complicated yet simple character, right? So Atticus in and of himself is, you know, he's a war veteran. Uh, this is somebody who, you know, he has been an abused child for most of his life. Uh, his father abused him, but for some reason he still loves his father and he's been on the quest to try to find his father and he needs his uncle's help to do that. So his uncle was like, kill two birds with one stone. Let's do the, the mapping, right? Mm-hmm. To see where we can go. And mm-hmm. we're gonna go find your dad all mm-hmm. in the same time. Yeah. Now, an important thing to note here is that every character has their kind of, their, their role. So one of the things about his uncle is, his uncle is a protector. His uncle is really nice guy, George Freeman. 
Uh, he's a protector. And one of the things that makes him interesting is that he has been being asked by his wife, Hippolyta, to go on these trips forever. And he has never allowed her to come with him on these trips. Why? Because he is a protector. He says, this isn't safe. And I don't want to put my wife in jeopardy on these trips. Yeah. Okay? Was that right, though? Well, that's the interesting part about it. I, I don't know that there's a right or wrong, right? So yeah. the issue is she wants to go, she but he go. doesn't want to put her in danger. At the same time, that kind of marginalizes who she is. And we'll talk about that later. Because yeah, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Like he had not heard that. Yeah. And I think that it's the different time frame. Though. Okay, that's true. You know, I have to remember yeah. that too. Yeah, I mean, it would be different today if someone said to you, oh, so-and-so's husband wouldn't let his wife go with him to do whatever. You know, he continuously says no. Everybody would be like, uh-uh, that's a problem. But we're talking about a time where it was men were the head of their households and, you know, and what they said kind of went, you know, and that was just the way it went. I mean, and I'm not saying that uh, George was um, really... He was a loving guy. You could tell mm -hmm. he loved her. And, and and him saying no was from a point of protection. But it just was a different time. You know, women stayed home and took care of their kids and their, um, and their family, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like, you know, they, they do have a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, I don't want, you know, our daughter to be an orphan um, yeah. if something goes wrong. But at the same time, you know, it's it's the dynamics of the relationship that that marginalized Hippolyta, at least initially. Yeah. Uh, but that allowed George to go on this adventure with Atticus. And they're they're building because George wants to, at least at the beginning, stand in this place of a father figure for Atticus because George knows that his brother Montrose has been an abusive dad mm -hmm. and not very existent in Atticus's life. Yeah. So he takes Atticus on, they go on this adventure. Now, what wasn't calculated in the equation is Letty, Letty Lewis coming along with them. Um, and so Letty Lewis is someone who she just ran in the tick and she has her own series of issues. She has a mm -hmm. sister named Ruby uh, and they play perfectly this aspect of colorism, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the light-skinned sister and the dark-skinned sister. And Ruby is saying, look, you get a lot of privileges. You get to live the life you want. You don't even have to confine yourself to any of the cultural norms that we have to. You didn't even come to our mom's funeral, right? You were out gallivanting, doing whatever you want. And there's a narrative in Ruby's mind of who Letty is and what kind of lifestyle that she is leading. Mm -hmm. uh, she's She's got the privilege to be adventurous and to do things she wants to do because she's light-skinned, right? Mm -hmm. She can do what she wants. But Ruby has to be responsible. Ruby has to take care of everything. And Ruby is tired of carrying everybody else's baggage, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so, Can I stop you, Jesse? Okay. Did, did Ruby say specifically that um, Letty had it better because she was light-skinned and had the privilege? I don't think she ever says it. I don't think, I think she that's... ever said that. Yeah, she doesn't say it. But it's funny that when you say it, I'm like, mm -hmm, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. But, and I saw, I thought that at the time, mm -hmm. and then I also thought they didn't have the same daddy. But the point was um, that 
even though they didn't say it just because she was light, I, I ascribed all of that mm-hmm. to the scenario um, if one was especially light and one was dark. Yep. So that's neat. I picked up on it, although I don't remember them actually saying that. Yep. Well, yeah, that's that's the... I feel like when they write the show up, this was the dynamic that they were trying to pit against each other. And And the whole concept that makes it beautiful is even though they are two separate people, they still love each other, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the way that they love is very different. One loves through, let me bail you out. Let me help you again, right? Like, mm-hmm. let me do this. Mm-hmm. The other one is like, well, I got to live my life. It's stuff that I want to do and you should be living your life too. It's stuff that you want to do. We need to go out here, blah, 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 blah. They all, I feel like ultimately um, put themselves in their culture first, but it takes different <laughs> routes to get there, right? Right. Right. So you have Letty who runs into Tick. Apparently we're childhood friends at one point. Uh, Tick came back. You know how people, when they come back from the military, now they swole. So now, so, so now you're not just the geek reading in the room anymore. Um, and she was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I don't want to be here getting berated by anybody, you know, by my sister, whatever. I'm going to roll with y'all. I'm going. So she gets in the car and goes, now, from from Hippolyta's perspective, right? I'm sure that's probably She's problematic. Like, Wait a freaking minute! <laughs> it's like you letting new people come up in here and take the trip, and I've been with you this whole time, right. and you yeah. not letting me go. Hippolyta pissed off now. Yeah. I ain't thought about it like that. She like who who did who exactly. did Harpo? <laughs> Exactly. So and George's perspective, he like, oh, I don't know her. I don't care about her. <laughs> she can come out here right, and dive tick right. more to come. That's cool. So. They they go on this adventure, and from the moment that they go on this adventure, you it's learn... so much. Hold on, it's so much better watching this with you, Jesse. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Right. We could have like been on the phone watching it, but like, what you think? That might have helped out a whole lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what I'm here for. This I'm is what sorry. I'm <laughs> you. Keep going. I'm enjoying this. Go ahead. So they they get on the road to start this travel. And as they get on the road to start this travel, we get exposed to a lot of Black history that America doesn't necessarily like to see in its textbooks. Uh, The first thing we see is, what is the definition of a sundown town, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't think that ever showed up in any of my history books, Mm -mm. ever. I, Mm -mm. I stumbled across that a few years ago, forgot about it. So when I saw it again, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, because... You know, something I have that I don't think of it that way anymore. But even uh, around where I live, there's some places I know that mm-hmm. aren't as, uh, and I'm in North Carolina, but there's some places I know that aren't as friendly. And so you say, okay, yeah, don't stay out there too long. You know, if you're going to go out there, son, you better call me a couple of times, you know, because that still exists where there are places where we don't feel um, as safe. You ain't got to talk about Hickory, North Carolina like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Johnson County, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, So so this phenomenon of sundown towns, a lot of people are shocked to find out a lot of places still are very much like this, Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you go out into like Iowa, parts of the Midwest. Um, But sundown towns, for those who don't know, uh, are towns where if you're Black, you better not be here after the sun goes down. And they literally will have not just police, but, you know, residents of the town who will sit there and watch and call and snitch and whatever uh, if you were there getting a cheeseburger past five o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go get their friends in, in uh, that fraternity, Kappa Kappa Kappa, <laughs> to come <laughs> 
Oh, neat. Okay. On on black bodies for not being where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So the difference with Lovecraft Country is it takes, um, and this, I was sad at first, it takes all the supernatural powers and it infuses them into the races, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've got people who are chasing these folks through a city because they stopped a little too long to get a restroom break and eat, right? Um, then we've got, when they finally get closer to their destination, we've got the cops, right? <laughs> we've got the cops, a reoccurring theme, which is, you know, kind of part and parcel of black life, mm -hmm. a reoccurring theme uh, mm -hmm. of the cops always wanting to be involved and find out what's going on. But then there's some something in the woods that's picking people off, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's some sort of monstrous thing. So now everybody's running, right? And this is the first yeah. exposure that these people from Chicago have to, to the super monsters, nerd. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the fact that they survived is already one thing, and there's a parallel for that in slavery and all that. But the fact that you're able to to survive something so monstrous in the first place is a testament to you, particularly when you don't have special powers, right? right. They can't fly, they can't turn invisible, right? But <laughs> they just running, you're right? right. Right, right. Then they get to this castle. And this castle is important because it's, uh, I think they call it Ardmore. It's a castle where they're, they're the patriarch of the white family and their matriarch from their enslaved ancestors. This is where it all went down, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's been, it's been taken. They kept it. Um, white people have made it look very beautiful on the outside. It's very alluring. And they've set up all kinds of spirits inside of this thing, all kinds of wizardry, mm -hmm. uh, so that when you get into the castle, all on the search for Montrose, the father, you get into the castle. And when you get into the castle, there are illusion rooms, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the concept is, if we can take you off of your mission, we can lure you with kindness to do what we need you to do. Mm -hmm. so oh. they give everybody what it is that they want to see initially yeah. right yeah so you're living in luxury after a long trip white people are treating you nice right <laughs> out of nowhere yeah yeah uh, all the distractions to get you to think absolutely. something else mm -hmm. absolutely you can't tell me that's not a parallel no that that, like, oh, yeah. that is get you some nikes yeah you know what I'm get you right. some jewelry <laughs> okay nice. yeah you know, you don't need to work. Like, just play PlayStation. Can Can I stop you right here? Because this is one of the parts I had trouble with. The night before, mm -hmm. people turned into monsters and tried to kill them, and mm -hmm. they had to fight supernatural things. And then the next day, they're like, "Dope, to dope, to dope." Nobody's talking about that. Like, we just experienced the worst thing in, ever. They're just like, "Let's go to this castle." And I remember having trouble with that. Just well, part of that was too, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, is that I think that the castle itself caused some amnesia mm -hmm. to um, Letty and George, where they didn't even remember mm -hmm. that they were being chased by these things. And Atticus was the one who did still remember and was bothered and um, was like, why don't you all remember this? And so they just had to trust him that there was something else out there and that they could not get comfortable there. But I think 
the fact that he was the special one is the reason why that those um, those spells or that mm-hmm. magic didn't work against him. Okay. Well, Come through. Yeah, well, no, you got it. Yeah, she watched it several times. Okay, so could you remind me why they were they were at the castle and they thought, oh, this is fine that these people I don't really know are treating me so nicely and like, well, I'd be like, I'm gonna go stay at the hotel that I had planned on. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come back and visit you tomorrow for our business. They, but they seemed like they were very comfortable with that. Did I did I miss something? I might have missed something. It, it was the quest to find Montrose. So Atticus was determined that he wanted to find his dad, mm-hmm. and his dad was missing. They had found some clues that indicate that the dad had went to Ardmore because this is a family history story that they've been mm-hmm. telling and passing down. And Atticus wanted to do it, even though, you know, everybody was like, you crazy for wanting to do this, but I'm gonna roll with you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so the, the thing about the monsters before I, I move into Armour completely, the monsters also, we find out that light scares them, right? They can't survive when you shine a light on something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of, <laughs> that's, that's kind of weird. This is one of those things where I like, I don't know if HBO really understands what happened right there (laughs) what happened was (laughs) i thought that the sister who wrote this what she was saying is look america got a lot of stuff we got bells and whistles and we got monsters Mm -hmm. but when you you illuminate what is going on in our history particularly Mm -hmm. then all those monsters become minuscule right like they're they're nothing they run and hide in the dirt right Mm -hmm. right because they can't stop you Right. That's right. Now HBO, if they knew that, this show would have been canceled. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why it's so difficult to get is because like I feel like this kind of revolutionary writing, you can't you can't go to HBO and be like, Y'all want to do a show about black people who are gonna overcome everything and that's not gonna work. You can do a show about wizards, you know what I'm saying? Black people who are in a quest to redefine history against wizardry, right? You can do that. Right. But you'd be like, no, nah, I want black people out here uh, overcoming white supremacy at all points in time. Sign the check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was going to happen. Okay. So there's some, some brilliance in producing a story mm-hmm. with all the Easter eggs and the hidden meanings and the parallelisms. Absolutely. And if you just pay pay attention. Now, if you tell me, you know what? in order to make this happen, we had to throw some of this wizardry in here and, and, and sneak it in so that we can get this education across. Now I'm more interested. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah. I see. I mean, oh, that's a good cause trick. if you tried, if you tried to say to, I mean, like if you even try to publicize Lovecraft country without the wizardry, it's just history mm-hmm. and history to a lot of people is not sexy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. when you when I mean, it was fabulously done the way it was woven in here. And honestly, also like the new age aspect of it, you know, the futurism kind of Mm -hmm. aspect to it. There were just so many different reasons to watch it. I mean, like there were just so many different reasons why it could capture the interest of different people, because I've I've told Tawanda all the reasons why I should not have liked it, right? But it's so intriguing to me. And the amount of layers that are there are phenomenal. And I was really excited to see your list of things that 
um, the list of history that is really incorporated in it. I mean, and some of it was kind of, it felt subliminal to me because I felt like I didn't know the points, but I was mm. like, that rings true to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the little points of history. So I'm glad you're here to kind of oh, yeah. um, go over that. All right. And we, we stopped him when he was talking about them having the be, having distractions each room being able to show mm-hmm. you oh yeah that mm-hmm. perfect distraction to make You're you forget so what you were doing i don't miss the fact that while they were being distracted there was a tour of people walking around with knickknacks and drinks watching them go mm-hmm. through this yep that wasn't and, lost on me at all and this is this is another thing that they cleverly did right so um, you all are familiar with this concept of feminism versus womanism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Feminism is women all together saying we deserve to be held to equal uh, standard as men. Well, with the son of sons, you have to be a son, right? You can't mm-hmm. be a daughter. So even though the daughter, the white daughter, is probably the best when it comes to all the sorcery, she can never qualify because they have antiquated ideas of who's allowed to be in this mystical right. white family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The the other side of that though is in order for her to achieve her full independence and liberation, she had to be in league in some degree with the black family, even though she doesn't value them either, which mm-hmm. is the criticism between feminism and womanism. It's like you can like, you know, you can say we should all be equal, but then you're gonna turn around and not treat black women equal, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this way that she tactfully uses everybody to try to get to her ultimate goal of her being the one who can go through the portal and get all of the powers. Mm-hmm. And her dad's not going to allow it. So as long as he's in the picture, that's not happening, right? right. So this, this whole concept starts, they go through their individual illusions, some of which I think are important. Like we learned about Letty. If you didn't know that she liked Tick before, now you know for sure that she likes Tick. Uh, and you also know that Tick somehow, some way is going to be detrimental to her because he lowers his pants and the snake comes out. I was like, okay, that's, that's a lot. It's kind of scary. It was. Uh, not where I thought the scene was going, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so she knows that ultimately, like she, even though she really, really likes Tick, she now has to be cognizant that there's going to be something in their future that is going to be detrimental, right? There's a snake in the pants. That's not a good thing. Well, depends on who you talk to. Like, yeah, I don't need much interpretation for that. I'm just like, yeah, bad. Bad. Yes. So anyways, they, they go, they have this dinner set up for them. We also meet this, uh, I don't know if it's a butler, but one of the sons named William, um and he's like you know everybody's not against you blah 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 uh fake allyhood whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um and so they go they have this dinner and tick is a freaking genius because tick is not for the games he understands that there is no way in on earth let alone in america that a rich white family is gonna have black people just over for dinner dressed up for free right like this is just we want you here so Tick and George, George got a room of books. So he's doing all this kind of research and they find out, huh, there's an organization called the Son of Sons and they believe this, 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 this. And they need, they think that there is a channel to another world where you can become omnipotent, 
And Tick's like, uh-huh, that's what it is. You need us for something. Right, you right, need right. us to open the portal. And that right. makes so sense, right? that means that all these stupid rules that y'all got about what I got to wear to the dinner and how I got to act at the dinner and all that, I'm not doing none of that, right? <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> none of that because you need us, right? right? And the fact that, and this is deep too, the fact that the head white man in charge could not control black behavior in front of white people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is like, now that's funny. That was revolutionary. I was like, oh, HBO, y'all not even going to look at that. Y'all, y'all focus over here. <laughs> so, you know, now, of course, the white guests who are sons of sons, they pay their dues every year. They dressed appropriately. They did what they were supposed to do. They're offended. Because they're like, first off, you black, right? How you gonna be here and you black and you ain't pay no dues, right? Mm -hmm. I've been here, I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. You know what? I'm not sticking around for this. I'm out, I'm done, right? So that's embarrassing. Now, ordinarily in a movie like this, that's when black people get killed, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the end of the movie. They'd be like, love crap, rest in peace. It's over, right? But they need them. They like need them. The, the head guy of the Sons of Sons, who uh, was surprisingly Olivia Pope's old boyfriend, like this yeah. weird. But, uh, <laughs> but the head guy there can't kill them because he needs them. He needs them. But he wants them to, to you know acquiesce to what it is that he's trying to do, mm -hmm. and they won't do it. So now he is upset, disrespected in front of his solid, rich white company. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's like, no, nah, we got to do something about this. Tick says, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. We leaving. We not going to be here. We out. And in the quest to leave and escape, then we see all of these different, uh, I guess you just call it uh, wizardry elements come to play. This is their first like interaction with any kind of mystical art, right? right so right. things are coming to play. They're trying to run. And then somebody says, hold on. I think it's George. He's like, hold on. Somebody's been laying clues for us the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think I know who it is that laid these clues. I think it's Montrose. I think Montrose was here, right? Mm -hmm. So in the quest to escape and leave, they find this tunnel <laughs> and come to find out Montrose has been digging his way up out of there, <laughs> trying to get up out of there, right? <laughs> and... And so they come up, they show the end clip, Montrose coming out of the ground and, and Montrose sees them and he's like, what are you doing here? Because I came here, so y'all don't have to. Right, <laughs> and they're like, get in the car, get in the car, Montrose, we got to go. These white people trying to kill us, right? Mm -hmm. so get in the car. And unfortunately, one of them doesn't make it. And the person who doesn't make it is the protector, the person who had put all of this together, this good old George, he does not make it out of that first kind of interaction with this wizardry, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is this. Who's going to be pissed off about George not being around anymore? Hippolyta. Because somebody's going to have to come back and explain why her husband ain't there and why there ain't nobody, right? <laughs> why we ain't having yeah. no funeral, right? Yeah. She don't like that. <laughs> no. She know that he left with Tick and Letty. Mm -hmm. So I don't know you. I don't know Letty anyway, right? Like, so we already got a problem. And Tick, you were supposed to be family. If anybody's supposed to tell me, you're supposed to tell me, but you lying to me and you've been eating off my food and staying in my house. 
right? Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. Nobody likes Montrose, right? Like Montrose is just Montrose doesn't even like Montrose. Right? No, that's very true. So you know? they like, oh, we expect him to be grimy. Right? Like we expect <laughs> him to be grimy, but we had higher hopes for everybody else. Now, this is where I think everything is very interesting to me because George was solid. You knew who George was, mm-hmm. you knew he was caring, he was loving, right. you mm-hmm. just knew. But now everybody has to either deal with it. Right, deal with the craziness that you just experienced mm-hmm. when you get back to Chicago, right? Or you got to ignore it. And it's the parties that had the most conflict. It's Tick and Montrose. And they have to talk about this whole arrangement of Montrose saying, you're not a man. You're not man enough. And beating him all the time when he was little. And now Tick is big and went to the military, been killing people. So now you're like, oh, you ain't going to beat me no more. Like, <laughs> it ain't happening. Right. Montrose, we find out later, has his own demons that are going on to be black and gay in the 1930s. Woo! That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. So Montrose is trying to hide that. Then he's he's trying to hide some issues with alcoholism. Um, He has a very weird way of trying to deal with stuff. Uh, They even had on the the way to escape, they escaped with another person. There was, uh, I don't know, I guess she was supposed to be like a Native American uh, transgender person, mm-hmm. but she was kind of the key to the portal. I guess her voice or something was the key to the portal. But Montrose is like, oh no, we ending that now. <laughs> we that now. We, we killing her. It's over. That's it. Um, Tick is mad, of course, because Tick is like, we did all this work to save this person who's going to help us understand why we even getting targeted. And Montrose is like, nope, you're going to have to find another way. I kill her immediately. <laughs> so so I, I think I I think I know what that was. Now, okay. she... I don't remember this part at all. You don't? Just, okay. you know, so carry on. Okay. <laughs> um, She was, she was there. And I don't think she herself was important, but mm-hmm. she was the um holder of the scrolls and they okay. needed the scrolls. And so she kind of ended up coming along with them. I think they thought that she could maybe help them maybe interpret the scrolls or something like that. But Montrose got rid of her and the scrolls. But Letty had taken pictures because she's a photographer. She had taken Mm -hmm. pictures of them. And so they've still had that information. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. so, (laughs) So the issue comes down then to why did Montrose destroy them? Yeah, well, I think he knew, and I think this was part of the thing, is that he knew that this was a dangerous place for them to be. Mm-hmm. And I think Letty, you know, even indicated at some point, like, this is, we don't need to do this. This, every single thing we do leads to bad things and when we're following this trail. And I think Montrose was just really afraid for his son even i he loved his son but he had this really really scarred relationship with his son and for good reason i mean he had treated him pretty badly but he still cared for him in his you know his own way so is it safe to say that montrose after george dies Mm -hmm. is trying to protect his son he's trying to be like his brother right i think so i think he always wanted to be like his brother Mm -hmm. he just couldn't he just, exactly. he didn't have the ability to be like his brother and his brother was his protector as a child when he was being abused. Mm-hmm. So I think he looked up to him and wanted to 
provide that protection like his brother. Well, this this is the segue, right? Okay. So okay. talking about history, yeah. there's a reason why Montrose is the way that he is. And what we find out is that Montrose was there on the night of the Tulsa race riots, right? Yes. A lot of stuff happened on the day of the Tulsa race riots. And unfortunately, part of this, this series is that Montrose has to go back to that day to relive the trauma all over again, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so now as a grown adult, he has to go back to his childhood and see the day that Tulsa was bombed and destroyed mm -hmm. and all the stuff that happened in a given day. And what we discover is that Montrose isn't somebody who quote unquote turned gay when he got to Chicago. Right. He was always gay, he right? Was always gay. And mm -hmm. everybody knew, you know, that his dad beat him because his dad didn't accept it. Mm -hmm. um, George was always a super nice guy, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a ladies man, you know, when he was young, the, the girl next door, uh, like George was apparently dating Montrose. Um, yeah, that was an interesting twist. Always interesting. Yeah. And then Montrose has this thing where, you know, there's this, this image he has and from a story that him and George tell all the time about some unnamed person who came out swinging a bat like Jackie Robinson, right? Wait and that's the only reason why he was, he was saved from the riots because the, the, the white people were there, they had guns, they were firing on everybody, but some unknown stranger came out and started swinging a bat like Jackie Robinson and saved him, right? <laughs> saved him. That's all he knows. Now, this feels like a good place to put a pin in okay. for starting the next one. What do you think? Oh, no, I think, I think, because we are, there are a lot of things that Jesse has outlined for us about the characters now. So when we come back for next week's episode, he's going to tie in a lot of the, um, a lot of the historical references that kind of go along with those characters. And so today we got an opportunity to kind of uh, bring you up to speed if you haven't seen it, um, what kinds of things you can expect and maybe even to look for mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it. It's a, how many, 10 episodes, I think mm -hmm. it was. Um, so from our little discussion, trust me, there's so much more. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> This is an opportunity maybe to catch up on some and and see what the big to-do is about. Yeah, and see it from a different perspective. I think it, I listened to Jesse first and mm -hmm. said, oh, listen to him talk about Lovecraft. And I could see it as it's going along. Mm -hmm. I might have been able to excuse some of the little parts that didn't make sense to me or be able to have a different understanding of what I'm wanting to get out of the show in general. So, yeah. I'm I, really enjoying this uh, eye-opening, different perspective look mm -hmm. at Lovecraft Country. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So we <laughs> want you guys to uh, come back next week. We are about to get down into it. And mm -hmm. and I, I want to say thank you to Jesse because, like, my goodness, first of all, I love this show. So I loved having a conversation about it. <laughs> um, but Jesse has a really great perspective. And we, as always appreciate his time so don't go too far you guys come back next week um, we'll be right here so thanks everybody for stopping by today and we'll see you next week until next time peace, peace and, blessings. and blessings thanks for joining us today don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast 
You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's Girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.